The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace are ours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Who are, who are all saints? They're the people of faith who have gone to their eternal home, the church triumphant, and are at rest. They are the apostles and martyrs of the ancient church and the common people of uncommon faith from Upper Dublin Lutheran Church who over the years have preceded us to heaven. On the first Sunday of November every year, we read the names of all whom we, have, we know whom have died, especially those in our number since last November 1st, to commemorate their lives as witnesses. But in reality, we are marking the witness of every Christian from the beginning of time, who as a group handed down to us the faith that we have in Jesus, who in fact gather with us when we gather at the table. All Saints Sunday is sort of a topsy-turvy sort of day for our church, for the church. Today we celebrate the saints, all of them, those whom the world regards as humble, poor, of little note, we name as God's royalty. People who during their lives have never earned a headline or even a footnote in the history of our age are lovingly recalled, named by the church as our heroes of the faith. The world celebrates those who are famous, those who wield power and command prestige. Today, the church commemorates all the saints, especially those whom the world in its arrogant blindness never knew. How appropriate, therefore, that today's gospel is Luke's blessings and woes. On this topsy-turvy day when so many of our cherished notions and worldly values are turned upside down, that we should read and relish Jesus' supreme act of inversion, the blessings and woes. For here Jesus blesses those whom the world tends to curse. Jesus exalts those whom the world suppresses. Blessed are the poor. I don't know how many of us have ever been poor. I do know that some of our older citizens grew up in poverty. It doesn't seem so very blessed, does it? Have you ever been hungry for a long period of time? 
What would it feel like to be full in those circumstances? Do you know what it's like to suffer poverty and its constant threat of despair? It's not very blessed by our standards. But these blessings are not about how we feel about the poor, the mournful, the hungry, the persecuted. These are statements about whom God blesses. These are therefore statements about God. God blesses those whom the world often curses. Those whom the world pushes to the bottom are at the head of the kingdom. It was Isaiah who said, God's ways are not our ways. It's topsy-turvy. The blessings say whom God blesses, not us. It isn't too hard to lift up the opinion, hey, I'm not hungry or mournful or persecuted. I guess they don't say not much to me right now. On the other hand, if this All Saints Day finds you impoverished or empty of hope, grieving, or set upon by trouble, Jesus wants you to rejoice. It appears that you are just the sort of person whom Jesus loves to bless. Rejoice. The preacher told of meeting a seventh grader how hard life can be for a student faced with introduction to algebra, a dreadful curse. The young student told the teacher, told the preacher that he was lousy at algebra, but fortunately, he had the best math teacher in the school. What's so good about her? Well, she's hard, but she really loves people like me who are scared to death of algebra. She says she likes a challenge. She prefers students who know they don't know to students who think they do know. She said it kind of makes her teaching worthwhile. Maybe God blesses the hungry because they are those whom God can feed. And God loves to feed. God blesses the hurt because God loves to heal. God loves those who are not saints or heroes in the popular world's view because God can make all of us saints. God bless you. Jesus also says, Woe to you who are always well fed without any thought of assisting the poor. You have your reward already. And Jesus says, if you are full of self-congratulations and happy in the face of the mournful, well, you have your reward already. And if in your society all people hold you in high esteem because of your achievements, you have been given your reward already. But for those who have ears to hear, we are called to do what doesn't come naturally. Turn it around. Don't hate your enemies. Love them. Turn it around. Don't heap loving actions and good deeds on your detractors. Turn it around. Give your blessing to those who curse you. Turn it around. Pray for your abuser. Now, this isn't a call to groveling subservience. Jesus at no time wants us to sacrifice the dignity of the downtrodden by caving into every demeaning thing that our master hits us with. This is actually a prescription of first century civil disobedience. Jesus outlines several things the oppressed can do that will call into judgment the actions of the dominant oppressors of Jesus' day. 
If you saw the movie Gandhi, you'll remember walking up to the salt works and the British forces just beating mercilessly all those people and wave after wave of people came up to be beaten. But the photographer caught the image and it went to London and around the world in the papers and suddenly the British lost face in the face of their oppression that they dished out. So here's Jesus' advice to his poor listeners. This is first century talk. What of the abusive master who's always slapping you on your right cheek? Master was allowed to do that. You can get away with it every day and fear no more than a, a small fine. He's hitting with the back of his hand on your right cheek, always putting you down. He could never do that to another master. He would be fined 400 times more. After a reproachful slap on your right cheek, offer him your left. You know that he wouldn't hit you there because he would be granting you freedom as a slave. His hitting you on the right cheek would put you on an equal footing. You are thus making him abide by his own selfish and hateful rules and in the process challenging his right to beat you. If a superior takes your coat for debts until he is repaid, even though he gives it back every night as the law demands, Next morning, when you hand it over again, give him your underwear as well and walk away naked into the streets. See if your friends don't cover you by walking around you as the crowd gathers. For we know in first century world, nakedness is shameful not to the naked, but to those who made you that way. The Gospel of Matthew quotes one more instance of revolutionary Christian behavior. If a soldier tells you to carry his 60-pound pack, the one mile prescribed by law, try to carry it two miles. He will be embarrassed by appearing to break the law, thus risking punishment from his officers, while you will be in a position of struggling for the pack at the one-mile point, thus throwing into question the unfairness of such a law on the poor and downtrodden of society. We use the phrase, go the second mile. That's not about personal achievement in its original setting. It's a revolutionary action that, like other strategies Jesus announces, brings to light the darkness and injustice of the oppressor class. You know who, you who know poverty and oppression firsthand will always give a hand out to the beggars. You too know that love and dignity in the eyes of God are always more important than earthly possessions, and you don't attach any value to them at all. Do for others what you would want from them. Jesus meets people on the plain of Galilee. He tells us that our world is in need of turning around to follow God's path. Just when we think we are the king of the world, Jesus turns us upside down and points us in the direction of service to others. When the world has done its worst to us, when it has broken our hearts and left us in dust and ashes, there is God's Holy Spirit to pick us up and remind us that we are kings and queens. Let us pray. For all the saints who from their labors rest, we give you thanks this day, O God. 
for all the dear people who loved us, who told us stories of Jesus, who lived the faith before us and exemplified the path of discipleship, we give thanks. Remembrance of the saints and their witness reminds us that we are not here by our own efforts. Rather, we are here in your church by their gifts and grace and witness. Lord, help us to live that others might profit by our example. Give us grace to faithfully, to live faithfully in our time and place, to live the Christian life in such a way that others might see our lives and want to follow you because they see some of your love reflected in us. Lord, give us the strength we need to serve you all our days. Be faithful in all matters, great and small, and to love you not only with our hearts, but also with our hands. Risk ourselves in loving acts of service to you, to our fellow human beings, your beloved children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.